What's up, buddy? Mm. Hi, friends. Yeah. Both sides, sun in my eyes. I'm feeling nice. Shout out to Nelson Devereaux. That's a great song. All right. <laughs> Both sides. I'm just going to keep rhyming things that Nelson mm. rhymed until I pass out. <laughs> Good job. That's my physical feat for the day. <laughs> I'm going to rhyme things with Nelson's words until I go to sleep. Well... Done, sir. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Your microphone's a little loud. I'm going to turn you down. Oh, sad. Maybe by episode 200, I'll figure out how microphones work. I want it to be heard. Well, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. It's the What It Podcast. We're the sweary boys or the iffy boys, depending on Mm. how you like to... How you like to ring us in? Yes. Go to swearyboys.com. Hey, <laughs> so proud of your domain ownership on a regular basis. I Guys, love it. Spoiler alert. I love how much joy it gives you it to just, own domains. It just takes you to our website, guys. It's not. <laughs> but I if you go to our website, there's a bunch of new merch in there. Hey, man. I like what you got. <laughs> yes. God, God, yes. We got uh, we got new stickers up there. We got mm. new tees up there. We got new mugs up there. We got bigger sizes of some things in there. Oh, yeah. Rouse. Yep. Um, yeah, that's uh, shop.whatifpodcast.com, or you can just go to swearyboys.com and click on shop. Yeah. I, I have to own swearyboys.com because one day we'll make a cartoon out of you and me as the sweary boys investigating mysteries and that'll be a perfect place for it. Is is that how we're going to do that? I think it's a pretty good idea. Hey Ryan. Um, (laughs) I'm bad at doing audio things. You want to keep talking? (laughs) Make sure sure you sound good. Do you sound good? So I feel like I sound good, but I don't, you sound even better now. Let's see if I can make me sound good. Thank you. Thank you. I think we finally got there. Okay. Our, our apologies, guys. This is just a, this is just another on-air production meeting. It's not like we haven't had a million yeah, of those whatever, in the whatever, last whatever, 200 episodes. Whatever, whatever. No, I'm saying we have. Ryan, whatever. Hey, guys. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> the head in the sky is complimenting us for being fucking idiots. Oh, uh, what's going on in in your life, man? Anything uh, anything crazy? Nah, nothing, nothing like that. Our dogs finally met each other. Yo, that was cute. If you don't follow us on Instagram at What If Pod, you missed out on the pup, Bark, puppy, Bork. puppy play date, Bork. the play, the playcation, Bark Bjork. It was Bork. dope. They they were a little skeptical at first, but they came around to each other my by, do- by the end of the day. My dog ran away from your dog a bunch. My dog is a big idiot who wants to play with everybody all the time, like it's a tight. little bit too aggressively. I like that he just as soon as she was like, "I'm a little tired," he was like, "Hey, <laughs> hey." Bark Bork. Bark Bjork. Bork. Blark. Come play with me. Heck. I don't give a shit if you're tired. <laughs> now nah, it's good. Uh at What If Pod, you'll get our, our dad dog's ghost blog updates along with uh fucking weird pictures of aliens uh, and sometimes Spencer takes video of him like mixing the episode before yeah. it comes Somebody up. said my backyard looked like a, a Lowe's commercial. So shout out to my wife. That compliment didn't quite make it to the intended party, but I passed it along. So we got there eventually. You didn't hear this, but I literally had to cover my mouth from spraying my computer with the beer sip I just took. Because A, that's hilarious, and uh-huh. B, that is true. Because I've been back there, that, and I have also have you? and I have also seen Lowe's commercials, and that person is absolutely correct. Um, I do have one important uh, development of the day. Oh shit, Ryan! Do you remember the author, or are you familiar with the author Chuck Tingle? Oh. <laughs> 
Okay. I'm almost offended that you I'm could just, even believe that I would have forgotten about Chuck I was, Tingle. I was mostly just setting it up for oh, for our listeners. Big big fan of Mr. Tingle's work. So Chuck um, Tingle, if if you're not familiar. It's been many episodes, I think, since we've discussed his He writes his catalog. Books. He writes um He's an erotic author and Taekwondo grandmaster, says his, from Billings, Montana. And he has a PhD from DeVry University in holistic massage. I don't think any of this is true. I'm, I guarantee you it's not, <laughs> which is what makes it the best author bio on Amazon that exists. But he writes books such as Space Raptor Butt Invasion, <laughs> Scary Stories to Tingle Your Butt, Seven Tales of Gay Terror, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt, Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to the Void. <laughs> not pounded by the butt, not pounded in the butt by anything, and that's okay. <laughs> Open wide. I'm literally just reading these in order no, as I'm, they appear on Amazon. I'm, I'm not like cherry scroll. picking the good ones. Yep, yep. Uh, open wide for the handsome saber tooth dentist who is also a ghost. <laughs> oh, 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 that's strong. Oh. Helicopter Man Pounds Dinosaur Billionaire Ass, a novel. <laughs> Slammed in the butthole by my concept of linear time. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> lastly, but certainly not leastly, not pounded at the last second because consent can be given and revoked at any moment, and this is a wonderful thing that's important to understand. <laughs> he's, a, he's a literal genius. Yes. He's a literal genius. So there's I this, love him for every single every single thing he does. I learned this morning that next weekend, July 5th and 6th, okay. I am performing at an event at which he is a speaker. The fact that you didn't just blow up the cat horn on that <laughs> uh thank you. Um I'm going to I'm going to need a moment to collect my thoughts. So I'm a bit verklempt right now. First thing tomorrow morning, I'm hunting down some some PR contacts and seeing what I can do on on behalf of our wonderful podcast here. If we could get a Chuck Tingle interview, I would go to bed happy. Mm-hmm. Also, so I'm working on it. Also, also, if you're a nerd and going to be at Converge, Convergence next weekend, uh, I'll be around for a little bit, and I'm playing some music. What's Convergence? Uh, like a nerd convention in Minneapolis. July fourth through the sixth. Cool. Yeah. Can I? Can I come? <laughs> sure. Can I come be a nerd? Yeah. I'm a nerd. Okay. No. <laughs> I no. don't know. You know a lot about Chuck Tingle books. Uh, no, dude, I, that was just the first page of his Amazon. Well, and the crazy thing about him is how prolific he is. Hasn't he written like ninety books? <laughs> yes. Revengers butt game. Ant guy gets small to go into th- th- thermos's butt. But then gets big and hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy is like <laughs> living inside my own butt for eight years, starting a business and turning a profit through common sense reinvestment and strategic targeted marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Does he print these? Uh, I think they're only. Are they all Kindle? I accidentally. almost accidentally clicked the buy now with one click button. Oh, uh, accidentally? Um. Kindle like and, that wouldn't be a nine dollar investment well oh, spent. Excuse me, two ninety nine. Oh jeez. Most of them are between thirty and forty pages long. Perfect. Um, they're also available on Audible. Oh, who reads them? I don't know. I Let's hope it's see. like Nick it Offerman. Should tell me, right? 
Um, oh my God. Barco knows a good butthole investment when he sees one. And soon enough, he's hard at work turning Travis's anal passageway into a successful vineyard and real estate development known as... Did you say vineyard? <laughs> I meant vineyard. But yes, I did say My, vineyard. <laughs> he built a vineyard. I, said, I like what you got. I said... <laughs> good job. I said vineyard, which is just the, the worst of both. <laughs> It was, you know what? I I forgive you entirely because you were distracted by all the fucking <laughs> just bonkers shit on either side of it. This is an erotic tale of sizzling human on gay sentient business strategy action, including <laughs> this guy is <laughs> serious is seriously I my love, idol. I love it so much. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, go to Convergence and watch Spencer DJ and potentially interview Chuck Tingle. And if anyone listening knows how to get a hold of Chuck, please hi at whatifpodcast.com. What if he made an impromptu introduction for our show that was a la a title mm. from his canon? Oh, oh wow. Oh. If, any, if Chuck Tingle is listening, I have a lot of money for you to do that for us. Sweary boys get... Mm. <laughs> I was gonna say pat in the butt. Well, and I'm not here to yuck anyone's his, yum. It, I never would. I just saying for me personally. His podcast is called "Pounded in the Butt" by my own podcast. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him. Okay, but that's not what we're here for. Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. <laughs> well, it is. Um, uh, let's listen to a couple voicemails, eh? One thing we are here for, on top of that being what we're here for, is uh, that sometimes you guys call us and tell us stories or give us episode suggestions. Yes. Or just be drunk and yell at us. It's 612-246-4614 if you want to be one of those people doing one of those things. What is up, guys? Grins up, grins up. This is Koi calling again from Asheville. Sick. Uh, I was wondering, after hearing myself on the uh, podcast, I was wondering if you guys should do an episode on the effects of calling into a show and how it modifies your voice and personality mm. so you start talking like an irrational frat boy. <laughs> uh, just for you, possibly. Um, take care. Leak. <laughs> <laughs> Late, <laughs> yo. So hilarious. I think I came down a little bit hard on our our drunk twenty two year old frat boy listeners. Received a lot of uh, pushback on that idea, and um, I apologize. Well, I apologize. <laughs> Look, first of all, I, I I will admit to all of you that an off air production meeting was me also being hard on Spencer because I was like, "Look, man, I we, apologize. That's me. Sorry, <laughs> that's me. Also, so I'm sorry." Um, uh, no, but that's fucking awesome. Koi, right? Koi was yeah. the name? Yeah. To maybe take that stereotype a little bit farther, uh, here's another voice. Let's go. Hey, y'all. This is Quinn from Minneapolis. Uh, so I posted in the group about that post guys. Um, yeah, it turns out I was really fucking stoned. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I ain't got no ghosts in my house. I, I, I just got a lot of weed. <laughs> All right. Love the show. Bye. <laughs> Yo, is that a new sounder? I ain't got no ghosts in my house. I just got a lot of weed. <laughs> I feel like so, it might have to be. What he was saying at the beginning, Quinn posted in our Facebook group uh, maybe a week or two ago, like, hey, I think there's something weird going on in my house. Like, stuff is moving around on its own, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And a few of us were like, hey, man, you should, like, film that and tell us more about what's going on. Let's, let's and, talk about that together. And then, like, six hours later, Quinn came back and was just like, 
Oh, never mind. I was just really high. Everything's fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, I think... Good job. Good job, Quinn. You solved hey, it. Good. You solved it. We all solved it together. Sometimes the solution comes relatively easily. Hey. Oh, I apologize. Now you're fine. You ready? You're fine. Let it ride. Okay. Guy. Love the show, fuckers. Uh, you said that caller... On uh, talking about uh, Chupacabra and Jesse Ventura and all that bullshit. Yeah, just uh, want to let you guys know there's a banned episode of that show somewhere on the internet that wasn't allowed to air, and it was all about the government mass producing some sort of uh, mass suicide, genocide thing. And there's train cars and government stockpiles of plastic body bag burial totes and fucking unknown prison complexes worth checking out all right peace fucker fucker what's up fuckers uh i I like that everybody just fucking swears at us yeah that's like what what we should expect actually love it yeah i like what you got (laughs) i like what you guys got done with those buttons Um, in about two years so i couldn't find anything about a band well I found something about an episode of that show. He's talking about cons- Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory. Yes. That Theories. A listener last week was talking about or two weeks I, ago? I don't remember. It was last week. It ran for three seasons and they did have one episode that they produced but never aired about uh, September 11th. Mm, that doesn't sound like what he's but talking about. No, it didn't sound like what he was talking about. So I couldn't find anything about a an additional band episode, but I did decide to watch an episode of that show today. How'd that go? And I watched the one about Skinwalker Ranch. How'd that go? <sighs> it is a ride. <laughs> it is a ride. Um, I'm Jesse Ventura. Yeah. I'm here in Colorado. We're going to find. <laughs> so it's, I think the third, I think it ran from like, Oh, seven to Oh nine or something like that. And it it definitely, it reads like a precursor to a lot of the, or like a cheaper version of a lot of the ghost hunter, we're going to talk about big spooky sounding stuff and go out and find stuff for ourselves and take no shit, but nothing ever really happens. Yeah. Except Ventura is just way more off the rails to begin with. And he like, he's not really playing a character in the way that people on those shows, if they're acting like that, are usually playing a character. He... I think he believes himself, unfortunately. He's but he's wearing just as many turtlenecks and leather jackets. <laughs> there's there's so much good audio that I wanted to pull, but there's He's also enunciating like he's still in the ring. <laughs> but he's just investigating the dark and deep Stop mysteries of our government. <laughs> I can't do the voice if I don't wag the finger, man. It's gotta be both. I, I, there's so much great audio and I would have pulled all of it to have Jesse Ventura introduce everything we ever do on the show again but there's music under literally every second of that show done it done it every single second there's something going on so they they went pretty deep on some robert bigelow conspiracies Mm. bigelow is working with the aliens to hide the truth from us oh bobby bigfoot's one of them and then at the very end a young handsome as hell preston dennett shows up as a mufon whistleblower oh sick yeah to tell them that Bigelow is actually working with this new startup called SpaceX. Uh oh. 
to build a rocket Uh-oh. to get their weird alien shit into outer space. Is it working? How are they doing? Fuck no. <laughs> uh, last I heard, the SpaceX is sending a whole lot of shit into space. Maybe it is. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Um, we could ask Preston. We could ask Preston. I, man, speaking of paying people money to do intros to our show... Jesse the Body Ventura doing a like sweary boys intro What's would that? be pretty fucking awesome. What's the website where Cameo? Yeah. Yeah. Is he on there? Please hold. Are there <laughs> any other pro wrestlers on there? Oh, please hold. Also, How the fuck have we not thought about this? Oh, I have. I've suggested it to you before. Not Cameo specifically. Yeah. We've talked to mm, Yeah, we have. Right. I have. Okay. Okay, <laughs> you win. Anyway. I'm just saying that's the way that we haven't is because we have. <laughs> Uh, I would totally have Preston Dennett read some new, some new stuff for us at the top of the show. Also, mm, or okay. just or just start every show with this. Everyone was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you love that clip so much. I do. I'm never gonna actually play it. I'm just gonna say it, and it's gonna sound more like Forrest Gump every time I say it. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. I can get behind that. All right. Uh, you still looking up cameo things, or should we start the I actual show? I have to sign up for an account oh, that's, uh, that's soft. to search for who is available. So I think uh, maybe I'll do that over the break. How about that? Okay, bet, bet. Do you want to start out by telling us about really long races? Because we're talking about crazy shit that humans can do with their bodies today. Man, I learned some wild shit. What if you could do crazy shit with your body? Well, maybe. Well, eh, well, who knows? <laughs> what, if, what if you ran really far? What if you what if you fucked your whole shit up and made it out the other side? Because that appears to be what people are doing is fucking their whole shit up let's, and making uh, it out the other let's side. Let's ease our way in, huh? Uh, dip, he, dip a toe in the old the fuck old your ocean. whole shit up. Here's yeah. here's one way to fuck your whole shit up. Mm-hmm. Run the Leadville 100. Mm, how far that is? So 100 watts. Uh, and and for what it's worth. When you say work our way up and dip a toe in, this is going to be applicable to what's coming later. Yeah, that's why I said it. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, for all y'all out there, like, this specifically will be applicable to what we're going to talk about mm. next. Um, it is a annual ultra marathon that is uh, hosted out of Leadville, Colorado. It starts. Are they trash? Um, well, it depends. Ultra marathons. It depends on your personal definition of an ultra marathon. I think it is. I don't is like either of those words. Ultra or marathon. Uh-huh. You got something against the word ultra? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Damn, son. You mad about I'm ultra I'm more things? of a sort of kind of guy. That's real. Um, so I'll run a sort of marathon. D- distance there, bud? <laughs> 2.6. Mm, sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right. 2.62, I'll do that one. Um, it, uh, it was started in 1983 and, uh, the town of Leadville, how much cocaine led to the, the founding the of, this invention of this. Yeah. Right. The guy that started it actually was, a he was a marathon runner himself who was originally from Colorado and Leadville had sort of, it was one of those mining towns in Colorado that had sort of dissipated over the years of mining becoming... Because they, they done mined everything? They done mined it all, or just mining as a whole kind of was... The robots unless, took our jobs. <laughs> they took our jobs. That might be a good sounder to pull. Um, but what he said was, you know, it would be cool and maybe interesting for us to bring a crazy marathon to our town. We could generate some buzz, some publicity, some economy to the area. Uh, and so talked to a co-founder about 
you know, what if we did this? Um, he was pitching the idea locally in, uh, in Leadville, Colorado, and the local hospital administrator told him, quote, you're crazy, you'll kill someone. And the, Hell yeah. and race co-founder <laughs> Kenneth uh, Chlober uh, responded, well, then we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> responded, well, then we will be famous, won't we? Yikes. Yeah. That's not the right attitude. I don't think so. <laughs> so here's the race. It is 100 miles uh, because of the altitude and steepness of the uh, race as yeah, a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is considered the most or one of the most difficult it's hundred just considered the most <laughs> it is extra the most extra extra marathon no it's considered one of the most difficult hundred mile races in the country there's what? a bunch of ultra marathons especially a is bunch that a, of hundred is that a miles. term or ultra What's just that? means more than 26 or does it specifically mean a hundred uh i think it's anything over 26 is considered an ultra marathon but i don't know that for a fact multiples of or just like anything more than 26 could i run 27 and is that an ultra marathon or does it have to be 52 or 104 um or whatever's in between there well the hundred is not eight the hundred is a true hundred it's not a multiple so i don't think it has to be multiples of 26.2 to be right like right. in the marathon family but i don't know if ultra has um okay. actually so what, what sort of elevation right are we talking about any any foot race, yes. An ultra marathon, also called ultra distance or ultra running, is any foot race longer than the traditional marathon length of 26.219 miles or okay. 42.195 kilometers. And why neither of those things are a round number, I do not understand. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a distance between two places from the old days. It's oh, like a Greek yeah, yeah, thing or yeah. something. I forgot. I didn't know that. I forgot that. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's a trash yeah, yeah. description, but I think it's sort of right. No, I is. told you, I'm a sort of yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ultra correct. I'm sort of correct. Guys, breadth and fuckery. <laughs> correct. Breadth and fuckery. <laughs> so uh, how uh, high are people while they're running this? So it's run through the heart of the Rocky Mountains. Mm -hmm. Most of it is trail running. There is some uh, road running, but it's like very far out there road running. So it is paved, but it's like, you know... Yeah. It's it's old mountain pavement, um, but most of it is true trail running through the mountains, through the Rocky Mountains. Um, it starts at uh, 10,000, uh, hang on, 10,300-ish feet. Hell no! Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Throughout the entirety of the race, runners climb and or descend a total of... 15,600 feet. So there is over... 15,000 feet just of total grade of cha change? Of change in altitude over the course of time they're running. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So I guess I would like to know in what direction most of that is. Well... Like, are you ending at sea level? I'm assuming not. No, no. It starts at 10,000 feet and you finish at the same spot it starts. So the way... Oh, okay. It's a, it's a go and return dog leg they call it where you literally run up to the top of a summit in Ugh. the Rockies and then you oh, run back no. down but there are multiple points where you are climbing on your way back because you have to go over peaks to go down right. to go back right, up right, again right. it's not a straight line yeah <clears throat> yeah so there's tons of up down throughout the course of it the, the old up down the lowest elevation that they run at for the Leadville 100 is 9200 feet oh so there so you barely dip below that 10,000 at all. Right. And the highest Ugh. 
the highest elevation they're at is 12,620 feet. Yeah. So if you think about it, you're not changing that much in distance, but everything is a hill, either up or down. If you're doing 15,000 feet, 16,000 yeah. feet of yeah. elevation over the course of the, the hundred miles. Ooh. So, Part of why I got into this was I watched this super cool documentary called The Why that was done by Billy Yang. He's a he's an ultra marathon runner who has a YouTube channel where he documents his running shit and um, documented himself and his crew. Well, himself running the Leadville 100. These guys get, <clears throat> excuse me, guys and gals or non-binary friends, whoever's running it gets, you have to run the first 50 by yourself. So you have to get to the halfway point by yourself and you Mm -hmm. get a pacer on the way back. But there are multiple aid camps along the way every 10, 15, 20-ish miles. There's an aid camp that you run to and there's your, your homies are waiting there for you. They've got your car and your gear and all kinds of food and gummies and gels and fucking... Waters and juices like and Colorado calories gummies and, or normal gummies. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, to be able to run that long <laughs> and like that far, I'm sure a Colorado gummy would probably help sedate the process. But Maybe. who knows? It also might make you be like, "What the fuck am I running right uh-huh. now?" <laughs> oh, it's beautiful out here it's, at night. I'm gonna lay down. How long do people take to do this? Um. So the time limit for the race is 30 hours. Okay. Uh, most years, fewer than half of the people who start it finish. What happens if you don't finish? Uh, you just return from wherever you're from. You go to the nearest aid tent and then you get driven out of Got it. Um, the, (laughs) this is fucking crazy. The fastest guy that ever did it, uh, his name was Matt Carpenter. He ran it in 2005. And well, he, what's the unit on that? 2005 what? Minutes? The year of 2005, oh. my G. <laughs> that makes more sense. I was like, you got you to give me a unit to work with. Bro, here. I legit... <laughs> bro, I love you. That question was so dumb. I legit thought you were fucking with me for a second. I was like, are you fucking with me right now? Well, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, he ran it in 15 hours and 42 minutes. Okay. So I should have done the math before this. Uh, Average uh, mile time or what are you looking for? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So let's see. He ran 6.25-ish miles an hour. Sounds like a 10-ish minute mile. Every hour for 16 consecutive hours in... High elevation, like, bro, the footage, they got really good uh, gimbal footage following this dude, so it's nice and smooth, and, like, the views are fucking incredible. I mean, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. But I'm sure you're not enjoying any of the views, because you maybe want to blow your own legs off. But, like... (laughs) That wouldn't help at all. (laughs) Well, it might. (laughs) I I actually read about a a Japanese... There are these Japanese monks... Yeah. ...who do... um, this thousand day trek Ooh. where they have to go. Uh, how many miles is it? Ah, fuck. 
Anyway, they do a thousand days in a row of like, I think it's like a hundred miles a day or something. Jesus. And if you if you can't do it, you have to kill yourself. Well, that doesn't sound very fair. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're like me, do you just not go to the starting line? You just like, oh no no no, I'm just gonna kill myself here because. <laughs> Because I won't make it through the first day. So can I, can I retire from being a monk, or do I kill myself now? Yeah. What would you guys prefer? <laughs> hey, would you prefer to come back from that uh, that thousand mile thing with me here, Dad? Or what's your what's your preference? Oh, I wrote it in my paper notes. Hold on, I got the actual the actual distance. It's uh, okay, sixty miles a day for a thousand consecutive days. And I wrote, you have to kill yourself if you fail. <laughs> Holy fuck. So you're doing, what is 60 times, 60,000 miles over the course of... Three and a half years? Uh, no, not quite three years. Oh, right. Math is hard. Math is also, hard. Also, you got to dedicate three years to doing a fucking thing. Yeah, You man. just go walk. They just walk around a mountain. Like the same mountain. They just take laps. I... I I had so much respect for these these Leadville 100 cats because when I was watching them, you know, Billy like he doesn't really interview people, but it you sh- it shows him like running into people he knows, going up and down the mountain, and um, I was just watching like how grueling it was for these people, and like let me let me be clear you can't just be any fucking dickhead and go run this. Like you have to qualify. Uh, no, I, w- I wouldn't think so. You have to qualify for this ultra marathon, like well qualify as a notable ultra marathon runner. And you have to be able to prove that you have a crew and you can actually execute on it. I think they'd they want to just make sure that people aren't going to die. First of all, I'm saying that's exactly what it is. It's like, they don't want people to, they don't want that attached to them. Yeah. You got to be proficient enough to be able to complete this thing or you're going to die on a mountain. Um, you do get a pacer on the way back. And I actually think that that's legitimately part of it is the first 50 is like incredibly fucked up and grueling. You start at 4am and you start running back at like, well, for many of them at like, you know, 6pm, 5pm. So you finish for many of them, like at dawn or slightly in the morning, like 9am or whatever. Um, and, uh, and like, I think they probably have those people with you on the way back because they know that you're going to be running into the night one. And two, you're going to be on mile fucking 80 of a run through the goddamn Rocky Mountains. Like they need somebody there with on you. No sleep. Yeah, no sleep. Like, yeah. oops, I got I got too dehydrated and I passed out and fell down the goddamn mountain. Like they don't want that. That mountain but, lion looked really comfortable, so I went yeah. to take a nap on him. Come here, squishy cat. <laughs> oh, I'll sleep inside you forever. Uh, the oldest guy to ever do it was 70 years old. He completed the 100, the Leadville 100. Age does not seem to be a huge deterrent in extreme endurance feats. I mean, you got Seems gotta, to be an advantage sometimes, you, actually. You, I mean, only if you've been doing it the whole time. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like a young person's game most of the time. It's probably got a lot to do with patience, man. Yeah, no, it's got to be the mental aspect, obviously. Yeah, how patient yeah. do you have to be to be able to run a 100-mile... I can't run three, bro. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you could. I could. 
but it would suck. Well, yeah, like a hundred wouldn't. No, but that's what I'm saying. At three, I'd be like, <laughs> we're done now. <laughs> Fucking a hundred. Get the fuck out of here. Ryan, we have to read some ads. Let's go! Slash shoutouts, which are like ads, but more fun. Make some bread babies. Um, Let's start with the ad copy. Hey, thank y'all for being so cool about this, by the way. We just started getting some like real sponsors and advertisers and shit. Everyone's been like, fuck yeah, good for you. So thank you guys. It is good for us. I appreciate that. Thank y'all. We want to take a second to talk about Stitcher Premium and oh. recommend some cool-ass podcasts that are on Stitcher Premium. Oh, Jesus. I've been listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, The Ringer NBA Show, Low Post, lately to keep up on all things NBA-related. If you want to know as much about the NBA as we do, or significantly or more. Or as little. Or as little. Uh, Ryan, I know you fuck with my brother, my brother, and me. I do fuck with my brother, my brother, and me. I've been listening to The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone, who Uh-oh. last week had comedian slash paranormal dude Ryan Singer on Uh-oh. to tell maybe the craziest Bigfoot story I've ever heard. Sick. Um, with Stitcher Premium, you get thousands of hours of original and ad-free content, like My Favorite Murder or Today Explained. Plus, you get early access to new releases, exclusive bonus episodes, and archives of your other favorite podcasts. Hundreds of stand-up comedy albums, and of course, our show is there. Yes. If you want a free month of Stitcher Premium, use promo code What? What? That's promo code What? What? At StitcherPremium.com. StitcherPremium.com. Get a free month of the show. Type in what? You get to hear all that cool shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Do it, do it, do it. All right. Shout out number one. Ryan, do you have this one pulled up? I do. Um... I think this one's just for you, actually. So for those of you who don't uh, don't remember or maybe you're new to the show, uh, we do a thing called shout-outs where for 50 bucks we will say within reason pretty much literally anything on the show. Uh, yeah. If you go to whatifpodcast.com slash shout-out, uh, you can go in there, check out, tell us what you want us to say. We'll read a birthday celebration. We, we, we get it. We'll advocate for your favorite. Right, this one's really wrong really long 80s 80s tv show read the, the guy who used 198 out of 200 words for a shout out sick proud of proud of this person <laughs> uh we've got two shout outs this week the first one says and i'm gonna read the instructions because i think it's important for you to know why i'm doing what i'm doing yes it says please read everything aloud that is in parentheses and clarify that they are in parentheses to the audience that was in parentheses that was in parentheses hey boys This is Jet Smith from Salt Lake City, Utah. I want to start out by saying hey to my two best friends who are getting hitched this coming April, who are fans of the podcast. Congrats to Caitlin and Gibson. Hope y'all don't die anytime soon. Which, by the way, this is not in it at all. Uh, I feel like that's sort of a hardcore well wish to someone, right? Like, You're a piece of shit. congrats on getting married. <laughs> don't die. It almost sounds slightly threatening. So, uh, you know, we gotta be careful. Hey, wait, who is this from? Huh? Who's who's the name of this person? Their first name was from. Oh, it's Jet Smith. Found yeah, it. Just kidding. I just read that. <laughs> Parentheses. Loud tone of voice. Please, for the love of God, let's get some fucking content that isn't alien related. And then in parentheses again, it says, "You can stop screaming now," which is what I've done. Hey, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> you know what Jet would probably say if you were listening to this episode right now? Uh, like what you got. It's no this shit has nothing to do with aliens. Well, Not even a little. Well, well. Maybe a little. <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, also, he, okay, Jet says, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. 
Also, Soldier Boy Tell by Soldier Boy is better than anything that the Beatles has ever released. You. I'm just going to ask a few questions that I want to know because I paid 50 fucking dollars for this and you said I get 200 words. But you abbreviated Salt Lake City as SLC, so you actually probably used all 200. Also, that means, Jed, I'm not going to read your last three words because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, Jed wants to know, is water actually wet or does it just make everything it touches wet? Ah, oh, fuck. Mm. Oh, my head hurts. Uh, will Nickelback just ever fucking give it up? Yes. Not if, not if they, they not will if die I, eventually. Well, they will die eventually. But in the interim, not if I was making that much money, Nothing I wouldn't give it permanent. up either. Does anyone actually know the lyrics to Even Flow by Pearl Jam? No. I, I absolutely don't because I don't think I've actually ever heard that song. Sorry, Jet. Why the fuck don't we use the metric system? I mean, because we're Merca. Uh, <laughs> parentheses. More of a statement. We should have never left the gold standard. Jet, hell of a use of your 200 words and your 50 bucks. Congrats to Caitlin and Gibson. And uh, You're giving him way too many extra words, bro. Thanks for shouting out the show. <laughs> All right, Michelle says, Hi, what if? Just hoping you will shout out that body positivity is beautiful and fat people are human too. Please say, damn, that girl big. You guys rock. Damn, that girl big. Hell yeah. Fucking love yourself and love everybody. Fucking everybody's cool. Be cool. (laughs) Be cool, babies. All right. Back to the show. Back to some weird shit. So you were talking about a 100-mile race. Yeah, man. Let's take it up about uh, 3,100%. Oh, Jesus Christ. And talk about a 3,100-mile race. Oh, my God. This is the Sri Chinmoy Self-Transcendence 3,100-mile race, which is the world's longest foot race. The entire thing happens in Queens around one square city block. So over the course of 52 days, people will run down the sidewalk on 84th Avenue, past Thomas Edison High School, down 168th Street, and back. And the distance works out to running that square block loop 5,649 times. 5,649 times. Around so one block. So if it's 30, if the whole race is 3,100 miles. It's like roughly half a mile. Uh, yeah. Le- like less than half a mile, right? Mm, or no, slightly more. More than half a mile. Yeah, it's like, it's like 0.65-ish miles. Sure. Uh, I think it's 0.57, but whatever. Yeah, half a mile-ish. They have 52 days to complete this distance, and they can run, walk, however they want to move, but it's only, you're only allowed to run between 6 a.m. and midnight. So you have to stop at midnight until 6 a.m. the following morning. Oh, so you're only allowed to run for 18 (laughs) hours a day? you, You can run less than that, but if you're doing 3,100 miles in 52 days, you have to be doing an average of about 60 miles per day. Fuck you. For almost two months straight. Fuck you. This is this is seriously the most like ridiculous thing so the, I have considered a human being doing. The whole point of it 
And the reason that Sri Chinmoy, Chinmoy started it was Oh, that's to, the name of a person? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, is to, or is for runners to, quote, transcend their own previous capacity, gain spiritual insights, and, quote, overcome the entire world's preconceived notions of possibility. Well, you fucking overcame mine. So a lot of the the idea behind this, and, like, Sri Chinmoy uh, had a school of meditation as well. Like you have to be so, this is much more a mental feat than a physical feat, even though it's an insanely difficult physical feat. And I think that's the reason that it happens in one incredibly small, incredibly repetitive location. Not only are you running for 60 miles day in and day out for two months, you're doing it around the same fucking block. I mean, it it truly has to be designed for, like, this is going to hurt your mind. Yeah, that's the point. Right. Yeah. Because there's no other... I mean, like, when I think about the Leadville 100, it's like, you know, is that hard? Yes. Insanely. Can't, literally can't imagine running, like I said, more than fucking five miles, much less running 100. But, like... This footage that Billy Yang and his crew got while they're running it is these incredible sweeping fucking mountainscapes and there's they're like literally running through shallow streams and like splashing water on their faces and they're like these beautiful grass prairies and like yes it's fucking insanely hard but if there was a backdrop to be doing the most awful thing of your life in the it, same block of Queens for two months, it might be, <laughs> it might be the Rocky mountains and the polar opposite of what you could do that feet under would for sure be a school block in Queens. Yeah. There's this really uh, incredible documentary called uh 3100 run and become. Did it have, I know you watched it and I didn't watch it. Did it have any of the footage of people actually running the block? Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I saw the block ran in almost full by a guy who was interviewing a woman who was running on the last day of, there was a YouTube video called the last day. Mm-hmm. And it was a woman who was finishing her last like 106 laps on day 52 to finish the race. And, uh, and like I was watching him run with her and the setting is like, I mean, it's like, it's gruesome. Like, it's not, I mean, not gruesome, like, in real life, but it's a school and a chain-link fence and, yeah, like, some so houses. sort of average New York block. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not, it's just, just in the city. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, Uh So, Sri Chinmoy died in 2007, and they've continued doing this race afterwards. He said... He did a lot of like ultra distance, ultra endurance stuff himself and said, quote, I found that there was no barrier between spirituality and sport. So he Word. looked at running and like extreme endurance things basically as a form of meditation. And they follow throughout the documentary a couple other groups of extreme endurance folks. So they, they follow this um, this group of Native, Native American men in uh, Arizona who do extreme distance running. And one of them was describing, he was about to do a 100-mile uh, run, and he was describing it as like a form of prayer, basically, of like you're connected to mm. 
the sky and the earth at the same time and uh you're in tune with your your body and your physical gifts and um you're also showing that you're willing to work for gifts and blessings and like it's this conversation essentially that's cool i can get behind that um before the the back to the 3100 race before it starts there's i don't remember the guy's name but the the person who's in charge of it now is addressing all the runners and he says no matter when you cross the finish line or how many miles you do by the end you will be changed for the better Mm. and so this whole thing is looked at as like i mean it's called the transcendence race it's like forcing yourself to highlight any weaknesses you may have because mental or physical or emotionally or whatever, because over the course of doing the most insane shit you could imagine doing every day for 50 days in a row, it's all going to come out. I mean, I kind of look at it a little bit as, I don't know, maybe this is fucked up, but like it feels like a system of torture, you know how like they talk about torture as a way of breaking down the human body and mind and spirit to the extent that it becomes like borderline vacant and impressionable and like new and all that shit. Like part of me feels like putting yourself through this, but it's voluntary, right? That's the say, weird I think, part. I think it's it's similar, but it's inherently different because you're doing it to yourself. Right. So so you're you're emptying and filling probably at the same time, but it's just like you are you are seriously torturing your body, yeah, and your mind in the process. Yeah, did you go ahead? I mean, people have like had serious physical complications. Oh, because it's you also you're running in the summer in New York, and sometimes it gets fucking hot. It can be a hundred plus degrees in New York in the summer, and you're doing sixty, seventy miles a day. You have to consume most of them are consuming in the ballpark of ten thousand calories per day. And they have, you know, you're going past the same spot every, whatever, five minutes, basically. Right. And so you constantly have food and water and they have doctors and people are seeing you constantly and you can stop whenever and get help. But like people push themselves to extreme extremes. Yeah. And people drop out only something like only 40, it's like an incredibly small number of people, only 43 people have ever finished the race. Damn. They've been doing it for 22 years. So an average of like two people a year actually finish compared to 4,000 people who have now summited Everest. That's crazy. So wait, you said how many, hang on, I got to do some math really quick. Yeah. It's 3,100 miles. Yeah. And it's 52 days. Yep. So you're running 59.61 miles a day. Right. And you have 18 hours a day to run those miles. Yeah, you're trying to figure out average pace you'd so, have to keep up. Yeah, so so 59.61 divided by 18 is 3.31. Boy, can I get a unit on that? <laughs> Does that mean... Is that damn, miles I'm per hour? That's miles per hour, That's yeah. miles per hour, but you got to average. So that's like a 18-ish minute mile or something? It's like walking pace. But if but you did all 18 hours every day. That's if you did all 18 hours every single day. Yeah. Also, people finish in a lot less than that. The record is 40 days, nine hours, and six minutes by a gentleman named Osprey Hanel Alto, 
I was 45 years old from Helsinki, Finland. Again, with age, like most of these people who do really well at this are in their 40s and 50s. That's crazy, man. Um, the, the he cr- was doing an average of 77 miles per day over that time. So he was literally he was literally running three marathons consecutively a day for 40 for days. 40 days, correct. That's so fucked up. <laughs> no, like we've talked about a yeah. lot of fucked up no, things on this show. It's about the most that's extreme thing you so could ever do to your body. Up. And this dude, like, the, I like borderline. Don't believe it's possible. Like I know that it is because there are documentaries and video footage of these people doing this thing, but that is fucked up. So only forty three people have ever finished this race. He's done it fourteen times. Fuck off. Not not saying he's four. That's forty three in separate individual people, but he personally has done it fourteen times. Not saying he's fourteen of those forty three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, okay. yeah I get okay. what you're saying. I I was stopping because I was just wondering whether or not his legs had just been worn down to like little eraser snubs. He's just like a little like kind of short Finnish dude in his 40s. Um he had the, the most badass quote I've ever heard about anything though in the in the middle of this documentary. He said, "Quote, it's a real race if you need a haircut in the middle of it." Damn, Cause they're talking that's to him ice cold. Boys getting his haircut on day like thirty or something. Damn, that's ice cold. <laughs> He's like, my shit looks fucking busted. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look fine like, while I sweat my fucking ass off. You guys Let's run go. your hundred milers? That's not shit. I need a haircut in the middle of this race. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> it's dude, it's so wild. Um, I just like I think about for comparison's sake, like I think about watching these people run the Leadville 100. And again, like, yes, that's a hundred miles in a day, but we're talking about people doing 60% of that every day for 52 for consecutive days. Damn near two months. Yeah. And the people who were doing the Leadville granted, at, not at 15,000 feet, not but. at 15,000 feet. That's true. And also not on terrain. That is like crazy Rocky. Although and, it might honestly be worse in some ways. You're turning every 10th of a mile, basically. They do alternate direction every day. Oh. Uh, so you're not like constantly turning on one knee or something. Yeah, that would probably be bad for your legs yeah, over on time, one I side would of imagine. Your body. Right. Um, Fuck it. Also, Osprey Honnell, the, the badass who has won this thing a bunch of times. Yeah. He's run it 14 times. Yeah. He runs in ultra boosts with the toe cut off. Uh, he takes what? a pair of scissors, not like the sole of it, but the top of the toe, like the toe box area. Yeah. He just cuts off. Is that so he doesn't like run his toes into it over and over again? I don't again? know. And then he tapes each of his toes individually inside his sock with like athletic tape so that they don't blister and chafe, I guess. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I bet you the chafe would be unbelievable. They showed one. So people have had like blisters and stuff bad enough that it took them legitimately years to recover from them. <laughs> and people have almost died. And like they have. A doctor on staff, and one of the requirements of doing it is that if the director tells you that you have to stop, you have to you have stop. to stop, and there's no discussion about it. You're just done. Like you have to stop right then, and you can't run again. It also makes sense that like they're not going to try to push anybody to the brink. Yeah. So there's one woman that they follow in this documentary who dropped out after like mile 995 or something because they forced her to. But like, but it sounds like too though the ethos from it like from its inception is that regardless of whether or not you complete this 
what seems like, and maybe it's not, but what seems like a relatively arbitrary number of miles in an arbitrary amount of time. Yeah, I don't know how they settled on that. I didn't get anything about that either. But like running a thousand miles over consecutive however many days is fucking insane. And I'm sure you learn a lot about yourself in those thousand fucking miles. So there's one to get a little bit of paranormal something into this episode. Hey, oh, fuck Um, you, Jet. (laughs) (laughs) It's not aliens per se. Just kidding. We love you. Um, A woman who has completed the race said the first time she did it 48 days into the race, quote, transcended. I saw myself right in front of me. It was very, very scary. The next night I saw myself again and I said, you go girl. I really tapped into my inner self and spirituality. So she was having like a straight up out of body experience while still running. That is such a fucking trip. Also, like sort of a third man effect type thing. Oh, uh, right. Because she was who helps you in a time of need. She was seeing herself in front of herself, mm. not behind or adjacent or anything like that. And yeah. so it it sounded like it motivated her in some ways to keep going. Dude, that is super wild. I gotta imagine after not sleeping and eating enough and doing the most repetitive thing you could possibly do for forty eight days in a row, your brain is in some pretty weird places. Oh my god, can you imagine? I like I the other thing that is really wild to me is you know I mean actually I have like so many questions for you about this documentary. Okay. Like first of all, do these people have support systems in place? Yes. So most of them it looked like they didn't get I really like the way this documentary was done, but they sort of took like a more artistic approach to it and didn't get super into details of the actual event story. Yeah. It was more like following the people involved in it. Yeah. Um, but it looked like most of them slept in RVs parked on that block. Bro. Can and you so imagine had, if this was your city block and this was just happening outside of they, your residence? They show them running past kids, like walking to school and stuff. That's and so crazy. New York's man, fucking wild. <laughs> there, uh, <clears throat> this dude, Osprey Hano was talking about, you have to eat like constantly. Yeah, yeah. Often, almost always while you're running or walking, he'll like do a lap, walk for a little bit, eat something, and then start running again. Yeah. And he said he, he ran past the dude while he was eating a bag of potato chips. Yeah. Like Aspriano was eating. Yeah. And the guy looked at him and just said, dude, really? <laughs> like, like he was just out for a jog, but also needed to eat a bag of potato chips. Not that. like he was on mile 2,500 of this 50 day race he was doing. He's like, dickhead, I burned this many calories in fucking 45 minutes. Fuck off. So he's saying he would eat 10,000 calories a day for the entire race and always lose weight. I would, wow. I would be fascinated to know at the end of it, like what a doctor would say about their levels and shit. Like, how is your glucose? How is your white blood cells? How is your cholesterol? Like, what's your whole fucking yeah. blood table when you're done running a thing like that? Because I'm sure they're like, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's not like you're eating a fucking salad. You can't sit down and eat a fucking salad. Mm. You got to eat, I mean, maybe at night or whatever, but like yeah, you got to. It, it seemed like those six hours were almost exclusively for sleep. Yeah. So most of them would just eat while running and and so in when you're eating while you're running it's got to be efficiency food right like you got to be eating shit that you can like it seemed like they would put just about anything in a plastic cup word and just take a cup with them and throw it back while they're like running osprey would drink 
a lot of cups of melted ice cream throughout the day just for just straight up calories. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so gross. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of Anchorman where he's like, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> Dude is like, running fucking... 70 miles a day and just downing pints of ice cream. <laughs> oh, I'm going to barf <laughs> on the microphone. Hot fucking days and you're drinking melted, like creamy uh-huh. ice cream, trying to breathe through that shit. Well, there was one woman who, who would just like constantly be drinking soup, basically. Well, that doesn't even seem like that would get you enough calories to be meaningful. But if you're doing it all day long, you're getting calories and you're getting a lot of liquids. It's probably pretty efficient. I got to imagine liquids has to be one of like the like the more required things. Yeah, but it's at some point. I mean, we are not scientists and probably shouldn't spend too much time on this part of the conversation. But I can't imagine water is enough. After a while, you're going to need electrolytes and you're going to just need straight up calories in order to keep going. Salt, yeah, just water, as much, yeah, as many calories as you can cram into everything. Like it would be hard. You'd have to really try to eat ten thousand calories in a day, much less every day for two months, and much You'd less have to be eating constantly, and much less while you're not able to like sit down and consume a big caloric meal. Yeah, but it's probably got to be the best way to do it too, because if you were to stop for forty five minutes and like eat a full bowl of pasta, no, you can't. Yeah, it would probably just fuck your whole shit up. Well, I mean, you, just, you just can't take that much time away from running either if you're going to complete the thing. Yeah. And all the. You have to be moving 18 hours a day, basically. Right. And like all the 100 miler people, again, like with efficiency eating shit, they're like, they're eating like gels and they're like fucking, you know, they're trying to get like some sugar in their systems and like all that, all that shit. Uh, one more question about that. Yeah. Is it. An institution that puts it on? I mean, like, it seemed like, from everything I could surmise, there was a lot of people who were volunteers, but there was also, like, there's also food and beverages and places to stay, and, like, so like are, does it cost money to enter? Like, what's, how, how is it sort of structured, I guess? There, It's mostly run by volunteers, a lot of whom have run in it in the past. Oh, that's interesting. There's some institute, it's like a Sri Chinmoy Institute that governs it somehow yeah and then i think most people who run it bring someone or multiple people with them Mm. um both i think as like physical and mental support right um you'd i mean you'd have to right the the dude osprey who wins it slash finishes second basically whenever he runs just goes solo every year are you flies to- over from Finland and just runs his ass off for two months and goes back to delivering mail in Helsinki. What a fucking beast. <laughs> do you get to put anything in your ears? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There are like no rules about how you like you can listen to stuff. That could be kind of tight just to have like a fucking you could like listen to books and shit and like eighteen hours a day though. No matter what you're doing, it's going to get old. Like you got to be. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like you got to be in your own head. In your own head for a lot of the time. Still. (sighs) Too much time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's the whole point. You got to transcend. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Should we talk about free diving quickly, or do you want to save it? Um, We're at like exactly an hour. 
we could talk about free diving. All right. Or we could save it for the Patreon this I week. I got too much other shit for the Patreon. Let's talk about free diving quickly. All right. I got uh, a lot of Bob Lazar, Joe Rogan, Jeremy Corbell shit to talk for on Patreon this month. All right. Well, all right. Well, really quick, uh, if you want an extra episode every week plus access to 70 episodes of the show that you've never heard before, uh, go to patreon.com slash what if podcast. And uh, for just five bucks a month, you'll get an extra episode every week. And like I said, access to all those episodes. And uh, you'll get to hear Spencer talk about Bobby fucking lasers. And how I went to a salt cave last week. You went to a salt cave last sure week? Did. Did, you, okay. did you lick the walls? I sure didn't. Well, come on. Free diving is maybe the only thing crazier than this 3,100 mile race that I could find. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so... Free divers, if you're not familiar, basically without any sort of equipment, no oxygen, no anything, just try on one breath, try and dive as deep down into the ocean as they can. Nah. And then come back up. Nah. Without dying. Nah. I'm good. <laughs> so there's a dude named Herbert Nitch, N I T S C H. I'm cool on all this. Who has gotten to a depth of 831 feet. Are you sure? Yes. Although he almost died. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Sounds about right. So at just 60 feet, your heart slows to half its normal rate. What? Wait, 60 feet underwater, your yeah. heart's just uh-huh. from the pressure at 60 feet? So if your normal resting uh, heart rate is, say, 70 beats per minute, you're down to 35. Now, I will admit, I am very bad at math. But if your heart slows down to half its rate at 60 feet, I would imagine that by 860 feet, your heart is not beating anymore. You're, you're dead several times over. I, I, I don't know. I'm not bad. I'm not good at maritime your, your blood starts to move. <laughs> Human blood, biology. Your don't. blood starts to move from your extremities into your core, and your lungs start to shrink to a third of their normal size. Gross. At 300 feet, the pressure is now nine times that of the surface, and your heart is beats at roughly a quarter of its normal rate. Do you have eardrums anymore? At 600 feet, the pressure is 18 times of that on the surface. So then you don't have eardrums anymore. There's also this thing called the mammalian dive reflex that is... Like your body has physiological responses to being in water that have actually been documented and measured. And when humans are immersed in water, our body starts to like override our normal uh, reflexes, I guess. So it your body starts moving oxygen out of other parts of your body into your lungs and into your brain. And... This happens as, like, you don't even have to be submersed. Basically, if you stick your face in water, your body will naturally start doing these things. Word? Yeah. Damn, dude, that's crazy. Your heart rate slows. Your blood is redirected to your vital organs. Um, your red blood cells stored in your spleen are released. I don't exactly know what that would accomplish if that releases more oxygen into your blood or I don't even know what a spleen is, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your uh 
vascular system starts to constrict, so it naturally slows your blood flow, so you're using oxygen less or more slowly. Crazy. So some people have taken extreme advantage of this and have been able to dive to depths of 800, well, one guy has been able to dive to depths of over 800 feet. He did it exactly once. And he said, quote, on the way back up at about 75 feet, I fell asleep. I don't think that's the <laughs> word for that, my fucking guy. I'm pretty sure the word for that is passed the fuck out. Good Get the job. fuck out of here. Oh, I fell asleep. You know, I was coming back up. And to be Sorry. honest, I was bored. I was just bored, and I had taken my melatonin and my warm tea for the night, and I just took a quick schnooze on the way up to the surface. So luckily this was during- Fuck you, bro. This was during a competition, and there were safety divers who found him and brought him back up to the surface, but they did it too quickly. And after Got about, the bends. And after about 15 minutes, he started to lose feeling and eventually become paralyzed on the right side of his body. Whoa. Is that part of the bends? I guess it can be in extreme cases. Damn. Or maybe when combined with the other extreme things he had just put his body through. That's pretty crazy. Herbert said, quote, I was wheelchair bound. My brain was gone. I could hardly speak and I didn't know my best friend's names. Oh, cool. This sounds like the coolest hobby. It sounds <laughs> he, like so much fun. He eventually mostly recovered. And he, he was talking to doctors who said, quote, or he says about this interaction with doctors, quote, they said, you should never dive again. And I said, OK, see you later. I did some diving again. And then I went right back in the water. I did some diving again, and it was splendid. Okay. It's Captain Deathwish. Outside the water, I still have some issues with balance, coordination, and articulation. But in the water, it's maybe a bit more my element than being on land. Being in the water, I feel like a kid again. Yeah, because you fucked up your motor skills, bud. So it's <laughs> nice to be in a fluid where you don't have to fucking walk or stand or balance. Trash. I bet... So I bet that is easier because you fucked your shit up, dude. <laughs> God. Hell no. It's like it's like Hell if I walked. No. It's like if I walked out. It's like if I walked out in front of your house right now and just beat my head with a bat, and then I laid down and I was like, "Man, it sure is a lot nicer to be laying down than it is standing up right now." I just adapted to laying down. Yeah, it's because you beat your fucking head in with a bat, you dumb idiot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This calm, fucking calm guy. Calm down. Calm down. This fucking guy. Has done things that literally no other human being has ever done. Yeah, and thank you very much. I'll abstain. Because <laughs> I like my balance and coordination skills as bad as they are the way they are. Last quote from Herbert. Even though I'm not competing, I'm back to where I was before. I confirmed to myself that I can do it, and that was enough. So he's gone back to those same depths again after nearly dying and becoming half paralyzed. Just to be like, fuck you, I can do this shit. Yeah. I do and think And for that, I respect him. I mean, I guess, bro, if you're trying to die in the ocean by yourself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, bro. Let's die in the ocean by ourselves. <laughs> That's what Herbert says, at least. I do think one of the craziest things about this episode, whether it is that fucking crazy motherfucker or the crazy motherfuckers that run the Leadville 100 or the crazy motherfuckers who run the Shree. Say it again. 
Sri Sri Chinmoy. Chinmoy. 31 hundred miler. It is truly that and like I, I gotta be honest with you, dude. When I was watching the the Y, the, the Leadville one hundred uh piece, like I got a little emotional watching these people. Yeah, it's super intense. It's so intense. And and they and you see these human beings go through every spectrum of emotions. And I actually I think what I respect about it is, you know, a couple of the cats were talking about it's called the why they're talking about why they do it. And one of the things that I think I really connected with was this one guy, uh, that Billy interviewed said, it's not, he's, he said in the moments that I want to quit while I'm running a hundred consecutive miles for 24 consecutive fucking hours, what I tell myself is this is why you signed up. You signed up to bring your human existence to a point where you wanted to quit so that you could give yourself an opportunity to go past it. Yeah. And that to me... I think that's me, the point of all this shit. Yeah. And that to me is the most like beautiful and interesting and fucking crazy part of any of this is it's these people who go, the human body was meant to be pushed and pulled and prodded and tested and like... Or we don't know what it's meant for. Let's find out what it can do. Word. That's... Yeah. Maybe that is like we know that there is... A bounce back to what we what we have been given. I'm gonna define it for myself. Let's see Don't how tell far, me what I can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's see how far it can bounce back if I really push it. If nothing else, everyone that we've just talked about is way more dedicated to whatever they're doing than I've ever been to anything. Oh my and god! So I have to. Oh my I have god! To respect that. By even by if it's objectively all, a bad decision. <laughs> by all by all percentage points I could possibly give it. Absolutely. All right. Love you guys. Okay. Don't. Don't go for a run this week. It's scary out there. Just no, no, no. <laughs> Do it. Look, just make pasta and hang out T- in your yard. Take the same take the <laughs> same approach that these crazy motherfuckers take to extreme endurance endurance events. Yes. And apply it to whatever thing you want to be better at. That's tight. I fuck with that. Just, Suck, sucking at something is the first step to being sort of okay at something. Hell yeah. Just just don't just don't do it. To the point that you're gonna hurt yeah, yourself. Yeah, don't die or become paralyzed, please. That's love always you. the scary part about these. Is it's like you're just on the verge of hurting yourself, and I feel like there's a little bit of a balance between doing something really intense and totally hurting yourself. Yeah, you're gonna need feeling in half of your body. Okay, stay just Both barely halves. on the right side of not that one line. Half. Both halves. Stay right, love you. Bye. Uh, love you. Uh, I'm not going to say bye yet because Spencer just slowly cuts me off every week. Hey, if you want to leave us an iTunes review, that's tight. We love iTunes reviews. When we get to 400, we're going to do another live episode on our Facebook page, which is dope. Uh, so yeah, if you go to iTunes and leave us a review, it helps us out a lot. And uh, if you go to uh, if you go to Facebook and look for uh, the uh, the Facebook group, you can join the group. Guys, I have control over Ryan's microphone. Oh, am I fading out? Am I fading out? Oh no, I'm fading <laughs> out. Uh, follow us at What If Pod on everything. Hi, What If Podcast.com, 612 246 4614. We love you. See you next week. Bye.